oh gosh, there's no straw there at all. Good day and welcome to Wheat Beats Word here on RealAgriculture.com for Wednesday, August the 22nd. On this episode of The Word, more crappy weather, field observations, and what those yield estimates are looking like. Then, cereals, cereals, and more cereals. This is going to be an awesome episode. Some fertility questions, and at the end, a quick update on the glyphosate decision in California. I'm sure you're getting questions. We'll try to give you a little bit more information around all that stuff. Let's go. First off, Nick, are you kidding me? Calm down? Really? You want me to calm down? Okay, we'll give that a try. A quick note on the compaction day, the Elgin Soil and Crop Compaction Day. It is a go at this point, August 30th, next Thursday. If you're interested at all, register at Wild Apricot. That's the Ontario Soil and Crop Improvement Association website, Wild Apricot. We need you to register for the meal. We're really hopeful to have this day go forward just because we have such a good lineup of equipment. We're trying to to recreate the Arthur Day last year and even do better in terms of cover crops and their impact on compaction as well as tillage, deep rippers and their impact on compaction. Oh, if it keeps raining... It may not go, but right now, we are a go August 30th. Okay, enough on that. Move on and into this oh, rotten weather. So, some callers actually saying in the last five weeks, Gray County, in Gray County, it was incredibly dry in the early going. Not just in Gray County, across much of the province for sure. But one caller saying that in the last five weeks and one day, he has gotten essentially, get this, 12 inches of rain. So that is four months. We normally get about three inches of rain a month in Ontario. That is four months worth of rainfall in just over a month. It's no longer dry. So lots of people actually asking the question then, what does too much rain do this time of year? Because, you know, we talk in the early spring, excess moisture, denitrification. Gosh, these new corn nitrogen models are all about rainfall in the rapid growth stage. Now we're well into grain fill and it is wet, wet, wet. Is that as bad? And the answer is no, it's not. Greg Stewart last night at the Middlesex Soil and Crop Improvement Association summer tour made a really good comment when asked that question. Think about how much the crop is actually pumping. So when the corn's in the really rapid growth phase, it can actually pump a third of an inch of water per day. So neither corn nor soybeans are in the rapid growth phase right now, but they're still probably able to, to pump evapotranspiration somewhere in that range of maybe 0.2 inches of water per day. If they are photosynthesizing well and pumping that much water, that means an inch of water a week is not not problematic at all. Plus, the other thing we worry about is denitrification. Well, right now, because of the way those crops work, they've pretty well pulled almost all of the nitrogen out of the soil. So even though we put a lot of nitrogen on in the spring, the chances of there being significant nitrogen left in the soil to denitrify and have a negative impact on yields, that just 
goes to almost zero. The big question, the really, really big question is around the edible bean crop because edible beans do not like wet feet. And yes, the soil is wet. So we are a little bit more concerned there. By the way, really surprised how with this continued wet weather, how much the edible beans have continued to grow. Gosh, sometimes at harvest, it turns wet and they we get this regrowth. A lot of edible beans are, are just continuing to grow. Not maybe the shorter maturing types like crayons, but the kidneys and the adzukis, they are just continuing to grow. And it means that we're pushing that harvest later. That's bad from a wheat planting date scenario. But from a yield perspective, hopefully it's still good. Does open them up to a little bit more disease issues. White mold, western bean cutworm. Keep scouting. Keep doing what you can do from that standpoint. But gosh, this is interesting weather and how it is impacting the crops out there. Around yield estimates, I talked about less rolling around per per cob and I also talked about that mid part of the soybean canopy last week with less pods as the yield people have been out and touring the province in the driest areas we are absolutely seeing that but there's lots of callers called in and said Peter I don't know what you're talking about we have 18 rows around on our corn plant when we look in the middle of the soybean plant we're seeing four pods per node and so yes wherever it wasn't extremely dry things are looking much more normal and yield estimates actually are looking quite nice in many, many areas. The driest areas, not as good as we'd like, but many yield estimates coming in very, very solid. And on that note, a report from Ivan. Ivan tried frost seeding his spring wheat this year. He'd never done that before. March 21st, poked it into the frost. Also seeded his alfalfa hay crop. His yield on spring wheat, 1.53 metric tons per acre. And Ivan's saying, "Hmm, I think that's pretty good. I've not really grown a lot of spring wheat before. Ivan, for this year with the heat and the dry weather, that is an excellent spring wheat yield. There's lots of spring wheat yields that are only making a ton per acre. Plus he got an excellent stand of hay. Lots of growers did not because it was so dry. Hey, sounds like frost seeding worked for you this year, Ivan, and that is excellent. Okay, just before I get into the specific questions, water hemp. One more hit on the head for water hemp. If you are seeing pigweed in your field, pigweed escapes, you sprayed glyphosate, you don't really think you should have pigweed out there, Please double check that it isn't water hemp. Water hemp is a big deal. It's new to Ontario. It's resistant to many different herbicides. You need to know if you have it. You're seeing that pigweed. Just get somebody to positively identify that it is not water hemp. Okay, let's get into the cereal questions. First, what is the best variety of winter wheat to grow? I'm an organic grower. So the winter wheat variety information, Go Cereals, www.gocereals.net. Go there. You can get all the information. The 2018 data is not available yet. Area 1 data is available in a draft format. You go to performance, the performance tab, you can find it there. The rest of that information hopefully will be up early next week, somewhere in that time frame, but go there, have a look. For an organic grower, one of the things you really have to focus in on is disease. You're much more concerned about disease, and I think you also look at the height of that winter wheat variety. So you need to have varieties that have good fusarium tolerance because you can't spray for fusarium. You need, absolutely must, have varieties that have good tolerance to stripe rust because, again, you can't do anything about it. And stripe rust, if you get stripe rust early, it will devastate the yield even more than 
infusarium. So both of those diseases, the third thing you look for is height in that variety because almost for sure you're not going to have as thick a stand. You don't have as available nitrogen most of the time. A thin stand means more weed pressure. A tall variety tends to have more competitive advantage against those weeds. So have a look at those three things. If you're a hard wheat grower, AC Morley looks like a good good one. If you're a soft wheat grower, then just there's lots to choose from there. Go through with those parameters in your mind. John, you're asking about oats or barley, two row or six row barley. You're in Northern Ontario and you want both straw and also grain yield. And you're wondering, you know, two row barley versus six row barley, which is better from that standpoint? Or do you look at oats? So First off, let me say that within barley, it's not two row versus six row. Oh, from a straw yield perspective, two row tends to have a little more straw in general. And from a grain yield perspective, six rows tend to have a little bit more grain yield. But it really comes down to the specific variety. Because if I pick champion as my two row barley, oh gosh, there's no straw there at all. So it's the variety. It's not two row versus six row. Again, GoCereals.net is where you'll find that information. And oats. In general, in northern Ontario, oats have about a ton per hectare more straw than barley on average. And it also, oats also have about a ton per hectare more grain yield than barley in northern Ontario. I find that pretty interesting. But having said that, remember that if you're feeding that grain or what the price per bushel is of that grain, because from an energy standpoint, you'd need that extra ton per hectare of grain from the oat crop to get anywhere close to the amount of energy you'd get out of the barley crop. And by the way, if you look at the Ottawa area data, the area three data, the oat straw yield just drops to almost zero. Why? Because in those trials, they got crown rust. When you get crown rust, the straw yields crash. And so actually, in that part of the world, that Ottawa area, the barley straw yields actually can out-yield the oat straw yields if you don't control for crown rust. So many things there that you need to look at. Okay, cover crop oats. A caller saying, Peter, you talked about 20 to 30 pounds for cover crop crop oats as as being enough through the drill. My agribusiness outlet told me 100 to 120 pounds of seed for oats. Gosh, Shane and I did lots of trials. There's no real benefit to going over 70 pounds per acre of oat seed, even if you want it as a forage crop. So I, I don't know why you'd go to 120 pounds of seed for sure. For cover crop, so we've really learned that thinner is better. So less is more, if you will. That's why we're down at 20 to 30 pounds per acre. We don't want a hay crop. We just want some root growth and a bit of biomass production. If you want a hay crop, then it's 70 pounds of seed. If you just want cover crop, then it's 20 to 30 pounds of seed. If you drill it, you need to double that if you're broadcasting. What we learned about the hay crop, though, is that nitrogen is actually more important than seeding rate. And so you want a hay crop, you got to put on some nitrogen. Meanwhile, Nathan calls in and says, so Peter, I grew winter wheat. We put on 120 pounds per acre of nitrogen and it turned incredibly dry. We harvested only 65 bushels per acre of wheat. We also removed the straw. Do I need nitrogen on my cover crop oat crop? And I would say, no, Nathan, in that scenario, 65 bushel per acre should not have used up all the nitrogen. Now, if you had to chop the straw back on, then that straw tends to tie up the free nitrogen as it breaks down in that situation, you may well have still needed some nitrogen. But in your situation, straw removed, 120 pounds of nitrogen, only a 65 bushel wheat crop. I'd be very surprised if you actually need 
added nitrogen. Just watch the oat crop. It starts to go yellow. That's going to tell you that you need more nitrogen, but I would not put it on until I saw those oats actually needed it. A caller from Lindsay saying, what is with all the foxtail this year in my winter wheat crop, in my oat crop? So two things. First, it is a foxtail year. Even in my winter wheat, I saw way more foxtail after I harvested that winter wheat crop than I normally would expect. And I had good thick winter wheat. The caller actually said that they had thin winter wheat. They normally put on red clover, but they weren't sure they were going to keep the wheat crop. It didn't look that good. Didn't put on the red clover. So thin winter wheat, that's where you get foxtail or any weed coming for that matter. But it's a foxtail year. That's why you have the foxtail in the winter wheat. If you have a good thick winter wheat crop, I did. And the foxtail, we never saw it at all until we harvested the winter wheat crop. And yeah, then there's more foxtail there, there than I would actually expect on a normal year. Why did you see it in a good oat crop? Well, hopefully if you had a good thick oat crop, I hope that the foxtail didn't compete much with that oat crop, but it's a foxtail year. For whatever reason, we, we get years where the weather seems to favor one weed more than another weed. This is just a foxtail year. Of course, no control in an oat crop for foxtail. Just a foxtail year. Glenn, you have a new piece of land. It's old sod. You tiled it, and you're asking, can I plant winter wheat in that scenario? Easy answer is, of course, yes, you can plant wheat there. But there is one caveat, one disease that you have to be worried about, and that's take-all. The old sod would harbor take-all disease. And if you get take all in your winter wheat crop, it does exactly what the name says. It can take it all. We've seen 50, 60, 70% yield loss. What can you do about take all? First, a really good seed treatment. Second, don't plant too early. And I know that is just totally against what I normally talk about. And in a sod situation, you want to plant early, but take all. It infects in the fall. You don't see it until the next spring. And so in that scenario, the the earlier you plant, the bigger the root system gets on the wheat crop in the fall, the easier it is for that take-all disease to actually get into the plant. So I don't want you to plant late, but don't plant ultra early the way you would be tempted to do. And last, put a little muriate of potash, potassium chloride, right with the wheat seed. The chloride has a little bit of suppression on the take-all disease. It's not control, but it is suppression. That's what you need to do in that situation. Meanwhile, Andrew has essentially the same situation. It's a sod field. He's in Prince Edward County, and he's asking, what about the seeding rate? Because of the sod, I can plant early. Can I cut my seeding rate back if I plant mid-September? So remember what I told Glenn, Andrew, about planting too early. We don't want you out there too early. But yeah, Prince Edward County, you're going to plant mid-September. I would say 1.2 million seeds per acre. If you wait because you're worried about take-all, you plant later. By the 25th of September, you absolutely have to increase that seeding rate dramatically. We've learned that about winter wheat. It's kind of intriguing. You plant early, we actually get better yields when we lower that seeding rate. But as we move through the planting season, I've been astounded at how much we actually need to increase seeding rates to maintain our yield potential. Really, really significant from that standpoint. Doug, you're going to broadcast wheat into your soybean crop next week. Wow, Doug, that seems early, but cool. You said you had a white grub problem in that field in the soybeans and the years previously. It's a 75-acre field. You've got 50 acres of seed treated with cruiser. The other 25, you're going to seed with fungicide only. No! 
don't do it. If it actually has white grub pressure, they will annihilate, absolutely wipe out the 25 acres that you have fungicide only. Wait until you get the seed treated with Cruiser. It's one of those situations where that, that seed treatment will really pay big dividends. Last question I have time for is Old Mez. A caller saying, I have an opportunity to buy some Old Mez. They say it's been moved once. Will that fertilizer, that MESZ, will it lose its nutrient value? And the answer is no, it won't lose its nutrient value at all. But watch out the quality. Did it ever get wet or damp? Because man, then the flowability will just drop off the face of the earth. And the other thing is that it was it was moved once. So, you know, it's prills. Every time you move it, you kind of bang up some of those prills, create more dust. Dust is really hard to get good use out of. So I would look at it from that quality standpoint far more than I would ever be concerned about it losing any nutrient value whatsoever. Okay, I was going to talk about glyphosate. I simply don't have time, but it's a really important topic. We will talk about it first on next week's episode. With that, that's it. That's all. On behalf of the team here at realagriculture.com, this is Wheat Pete with the word for Wednesday, the 22nd of August. Leave us lots of questions. I'll have lots to talk about next week, and we will talk to you then. Bye now.